0: Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb.
1: And I'm Christina. Together, we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside
0: and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook.
1: And make sure you leave us a review or comment on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Tammy Gross. Tammy is an international number one best-selling author, a multi-award award-winning screenwriter and expert editor, Tammy is the scriptopreneur. She loves to work with mountain movers whose transformational stories fuel their ability to help others and change the world. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I am actually really excited. I love what you guys do. So I, I want to know more about what you do, but
1: uh, maybe I can also offer a couple of little Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Well, we have our company, Vibrant Family Education, and our podcast is bringing education home. And we're really trying to help families figure out what's the best education, what's the best way for their children to learn. And one of the things that popped into my head with you is that a lot of parents say, oh my gosh, my kiddos don't like to write. Or it's really hard to get them to write. And so that's where my brain went. Maybe some point along our conversation, you can say, oh, these kinds of things inspire kids to write. That would be a great way to kind of jump in here. But also tell us, how did you get into what you're doing?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because just, just really quick on that is that, uh, you know, every writer I know spends much more time avoiding writing than actually writing. So okay. that yeah <laughs> right so so uh, everybody who has that has that you know like ooh, um, they're in good company so uh, children kids uh, some some really take to it when I was a kid I really took to it mm-hmm. and I took to it so much that it's like I want to be a writer and I had a cousin who was actually a published author she had been uh, with the Moody Broadcast System so she was like a, a radio personality and then she. Uh, became friends with Eugenia Price, who is a, a big historical novelist, uh, who was very well known in, in her era in the 70s and 80s. And, um, and so she became her researcher. And so I just like, I want to be her I want to be my cousin, you know, I did, I had never even met her. She was my second cousin. Okay. And i had never even met her until she was like in her 70s, or maybe even close to 80s. <laughs> and but all my life, I wanted to, to meet her and be like her. Uh, but I also wanted to be like my dad because I was born to be my dad, basically. <laughs> and he's a musician. And so uh, and so I was I was like torn. and we kind of came up with this family thing very much, you know, uh, one of those things where it's like the whole family pretty much decided my fate for me in a way. Yeah. where it's like, you know what? Why don't you just sing while you're young? Mm-hmm. And then write when you're old,
1: <laughs> and okay. so
2: I almost had kind of this life plan. It wasn't really quite that black and white and it wasn't like this huge plan, but it really was kind of always there in my head. My dad was a musician, so he was an entrepreneur, like just, you know, by who he was. Um, and so I always had that spirit about me and everything. And I did end up becoming an entrepreneur back in 2000. And was arranging music for churches all over the world, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that was great. And then in 2008, I found out about these lady pirates, and apparently that's the day that I turned old, because <laughs> I stopped singing and I started writing. <laughs> Lady pirates. (laughs) Lady pirates. I just had to know more about them. I started researching. I did what most writers do. I did everything I could to avoid the actual writing for quite a while. Uh And I did a lot of research and uh, literally went around the world became <laughs> became a, a victim of sort of a victim of uh, actual pirate descendants when I was doing my research in the Bahamas. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but it was uh, it was a great adventure that I had of my own. And then I I started learning the craft and I started really learning. I, I really had seen this as being a screenplay. It's like, why hadn't I I'd never heard about these actual women who were pirates? Yeah. And there was a nobility to one of them, not to the other one, but to one of them, there was like a nobility that it's like, I want her story told because there's something there, you know? And, uh, and I was just really passionate about it. And, and, and so I wanted to make it happen and I kind of started to just make it happen. And, and so I followed my life plan. Didn't even mean to.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So you said you wanted to learn a little bit more. So I'm going to kind of tell this woman's story. So she was a teacher for 27 years. And over that time, we were both Gen Xers. And so when we were raising our kids, it's like we were trying to do everything the way our parents didn't. We were kind of left alone, um, left to kind of fend for ourselves. And so in a way, when we were raising our kids, when we were going through difficulties, when we were doing entrepreneur stuff, we were trying to protect our kids from all of the harshness that we did. And so after 27 years of teaching, the school system changed. It got a lot worse. It started moving away from our values. And this woman wanted to be a teacher since she was in second grade, um, started coming home every day and just being in such stress over not being able to reach the children, over having to teach facts and things and push to tests when the kids weren't really learning. And then over the last couple of years, she moved into an online school Um, right as the pandemic hit. So it wasn't like the pandemic online school. It was actually an online education system. And Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur from the outside, I'm the out of the box part of this. I watched what was going on, realized all the stuff that we did wrong with our kids, saw how what she was learning now could be actually turned into be a helpful thing. And so we moved out of, she moved out of public education Mm -hmm. and we started this school so that we could help entrepreneurs who, again, are trying to protect their kids, who are doing all of this to build their family and to, you know, oh, the system is wrong. We need to do this so that we can fix the family so that we can do this for our kids. But along the way, they're losing their kids. And so one of our kids won't talk to us. We haven't seen our granddaughter in a couple of years because, as we kind of disassociated with the trying to build everything, he got put into the school system, got taken over by values that weren't kind of ours. And so we're trying to now bring the the values of the parents home, the values of the entrepreneur who are trying to make a difference, who are trying to step out of the system and, and make things right for their family. So it's like they're doing business development, they're doing personal development. And so with vibrant family education we're trying to bring this other leg in of of education development for the kids so that they can have their end goal as they're trying to build up the business and so that's kind of where we're at and so um scriptopreneur scriptpreneur
2: (laughs) nobody can say it nobody can spell it it was the dumbest thing ever but i still like it (laughs) i turned
1: into a teacherpreneur yeah i like that
0: we're a schoolpreneur (laughs) And so, you know, yeah. the, the story that you said of, 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 again, you sound like a Gen X or the way it, it moved and, and morphed up and came up into it. So it's like <laughs> it's like you're talking to family here. yeah
2: So awesome.
0: our stories, even though they're so very different, it's like we're taking our mess and we're making it into our message and, and helping people move forward. So scriptopreneur. So you wanted to become a writer. So what does the scriptopreneur do? How are you helping people with writing?
2: Well, you know, I, I've, I've, I've struggled a little bit about exactly how I want to do it because I've been making a shift over, it's been taking me a, a little while. To be honest, I've been doing my own education. Believe me, I've, I've spent at least a couple of Harvard Law type uh, <laughs> tuitions to get right. to where I'm at to figure it out. Um, uh, but what, what I was doing when I first started writing is I learned, I, I figured out things, you know, since I always wanted to be a writer, I've actually always had that as kind of a part of my whatever job I ever had, whether it was a music job or it was a regular office job or whatever, there was always something where there was an editorial part of my job. And so I've always been an editor and it's just natural. And so my natural thing was, is that as I started to figure out things that were hard for other people, such as how to write a screenplay, (laughs) the format, when I didn't know what I was doing, I was just as lost as everybody. So I understand it. And then when I finally found the right guru that put me in the right direction Mm -hmm. um i i realized i could take it much farther because that person is somebody that if even if you follow or, or any of those people who have who have these wonderful things about format for screenplays um they don't give you the why they just give you the how and so people are constantly asking well how do i do this you know and it's like no 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 the how is is easy. There's like four elements to a screenplay. There's a scene heading, there's the action, and then there's the really just one element, the next two, because there's the character and then the dialogue for the character. That's literally all that really needs to be in any screenplay ever. It's just, everybody wants to know how to do the fancy stuff because they're thinking about the production and they're thinking about the director and they're thinking about the camera angles. and And I realized, no, 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 you have to ask why. Why do you want to do that? Does that serve the story or does that just serve your vision of the story? You're trying to put the story into your readers' minds so that they'll love the story and then they'll want to make it into a movie, you know? Okay, so that's yeah. that, that was one of those things that I learned early on and people just started coming to me. I had started my own writing group, which was probably the best thing I could have done to help myself. It was it was selfish. I wanted to help myself. I wanted to find out from other people. But they all started coming to me. It's like, well, what about this? And they knew I knew how to spell very well. So, <laughs> so they were asking me those kind of questions, but then it became all about format. And, and so I just naturally kind of ended up uh, same thing had happened when I was doing the music is that it was all these people. We had all moved to different parts. We had all been at the same church or in the same church system. And then everybody started moving around the country and around the world. And they were still coming to me to do these music charts that they were used to having. And they're like, I'm, I was too spoiled when you were around. So I just need you to keep doing it. And so the, I had a whole business because of that for many years. Right. Then I started writing, same thing happened. Just started facilitating for other people so that they could, do the do what they needed to do so i was editing and it was formatting and i was teaching and coaching a little bit and uh so that's that's kind of how i fell into it but now i have fallen in love with helping people who have their own stories to tell yeah stories that where they're helping other people stories like well what like everything that you guys are doing you went through your whole thing you just told me your story about everything that you went through and now you're helping other people Mm -hmm. to maybe you know i always call it the mountain thing I might've, you might've heard me mention this, maybe not, but the way I look at story structure is that you've got a problem or whoever the hero in the hero's journey, maybe has a problem. They're trying to get to a solution, but there's this huge mountain in the middle that they're trying to get past. And, uh, and there's usually a lot of, uh, climbing and falling and a lot of getting hurt and a lot of low points and stuff as you're climbing and falling down this mountain. And, uh, and then you have that transformation moment. And so I look at it as like in the shape of a W, it doesn't necessarily necessarily stand for anything as a W, but basically you've got the problem solution in the mountain in the middle. Yeah. And you guys went through your own mountain situation where you had to figure everything out. Yeah. And now you can kind of either, either you can wipe away that mountain for other people mm-hmm. and and give them a victory, yeah. or you can be their mountain guide and you can take them over the mountain and, and get the, you know, be the Sherpa. And so that's, that's what I love. I love hearing people who have these, these transformation stories where they went through all that. And that story is usually pretty cinema worthy. You know, I call it cinematic. And, uh, and even if it isn't, it's still book worthy. It's still uh, something that needs to be told. And so now I'm really helping people get their authority book out, which might be a, a prescriptive memoir. Okay, where from the lessons that you learned, you tell your memoir, and then you give people some practical ways that they can avoid some of your pitfalls that you had to go through that kind of thing. Or it can be if you have a framework for how you help people, then you put that into a book, but you incorporate your own stories through it. chat GPT cannot write your book.
1: (laughs) You don't know know me enough. Yeah, that computer (laughs) does not know me enough. Exactly, exactly. So that's what I do. Yeah. Secret life to Mrs. Havert that nobody knows. Oh, see, now that, yeah, see, now I, now I want to read the book. <laughs> I, I say, I'm,
0: I'm not sure we're, I'm not quite sure we're done with the mountain yet either, because we're still you,
1: climbing, we, right?
0: The mountain got picked up and dropped on my head, literally, yeah. and so there's, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on, so even as you're talking, it's like, there's a whole lot of voices in my head going, oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's not going to work for me. Oh, so but you though, can. Even though I'm a brilliant writer, even though that I can make people feel what I put on the page, I have this writer's block that is actually holes in my brain from 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 the, from the, the brain, damage, brain damage from, brain from the traumatic brain injuries that that I sustained. So there, that makes
2: you actually helpful to other people. I have to tell you what you're going through and the fact that you still have a desire and you still have a message you want to keep getting out that you know sometimes. know everybody thinks that they have to have gone through it and that mountains completely conquered and there's always other mountains to climb right this is just like that one so you still can help with the one but also everything that you're still dealing with i personally believe that we just have to stay a step ahead so that we can guide to that next step you know so they aren't going to fall where we just tripped you know that just that simple and I, I'm in that actually, I was at a doctor's appointment just yesterday for something that I thought was way behind me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm facing something. I was actually talking to somebody else earlier today who is actually helpful with, uh, liver, uh, issues. And I had a gut issue and I had made myself sick. I had made myself sick with worry when I was making this transition right. to where I'm at now, you know, when I was spending that, you know, quarter million dollars or whatever it added up to over a few years of just yeah. trying to figure out the things, the, all the. Tony Robbins type things. Yeah. And, um, and, and I thought I was beyond all that. I thought it was past all that. And then just recently some things have been happening and something came up in my blood work. And so I'm still there, but I'm still taking my steps. And then the person who's behind me, I want to grab them and help them take that next step too. And I'm happy if they pass me, if they want to pass me, that's excellent. <laughs> so don't feel like you, you, like you're like, you're, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you're not feeling like, uh, like, like it's kind of hopeless for you, you know. I'm sure it's very scary, but you're still way ahead of many, many people. So who... The
0: hopelessness comes and goes. Again, yeah, it's product. I'm
2: sure it does. Yeah.
0: I the yeah. brain scans, they they list out exactly what's going on with me. And it's like, holy cow, I I feel that. So yeah. I'm still moving forward. I am still going on. And that that whole passing you story, I have a great snowboarding story about that. <laughs> um snowboarding some days you get what's called fresh powder you get the first runs on the mountain and we hit we went down this beautiful run and we knew that at the bottom of it you had to take this little dip to get out of it and it was beautiful we had the fresh snow we were kicking it me and my friend behind me and i got down into the bottom and it was about eight inches of fresh snow and i did not make it up out of that transition and so the guy behind me, right behind me, made it about ten feet farther than I did. I had to take off my snowboard and start walking through knee-deep snow. Right by the time I caught up, I by the time I caught up to my friend, the next snowboarder had came and made it like another fifteen feet past us, and then he had to kick off of his board. And the fourth guy made it over the top. The next guy that didn't make it was over the top. It took us like an hour to hike up. To the point where we could get going again so we we made that path and the next guy made it farther and the next guy made it farther and it's still and they they i think they actually passed us twice they came back down again and made it past us before we ended up climbing up out of that hole so i know that i don't stop but i also know that there's this that it might take me a little bit longer to get back up out of that
2: right Oh, wow. That's an, that's an amazing story though. Uh, And, and I got to tell you, that's, that's the whole point, right? Is that at least for me, that stories are what make the world go round. That's what, how we change other people's lives is with our stories, the little ones, the big ones, all of them, they all add up to who we are and how we can help other people and how they can, they can move forward in their lives as well. So
0: I'm actually more interested about your pirate story of the one that you don't want to tell <laughs> the, the, the not so the, the this one's an awesome screen story. What about the pirate who was a horrible person? I was horrible,
2: I, she was horrible. Well, her name is much more famous. Uh, uh, people might recognize the name Ann Bonnie, and mm-hmm. so so she was, she was, uh, from Virginia. Actually, no, where is she from? She was from South Carolina and uh, actually she was from Ireland, but uh, as as all the pirates were, they were from everywhere, right? <laughs> and she was just, she was in it for the piracy. She was kind of a bad person, but she <laughs> paired up with Mary Reed who had, there was something a little bit more noble about Mary Reed. You know, at least, at least that's the way history wants us to try to remember her. So we, there's very little information on them. As I found out after I went around the world, spent a lot of money for and her. really came back with like two pieces of paper that showed me that, okay, they existed. <laughs> it's about all i could get everything else was just the lore oh man it it helped me get my my writing career going and yeah and it's and i've you know been doing really well with gotta
0: travel around the world chasing a couple of pirates made a bunch of stories so you know just the traveling alone would probably be worth it so
1: exactly
2: it was it totally
1: was. <laughs> this has been so much fun. And my two takeaways that I'm taking from this is to write your story, even if it's messy, even if it's hard, and also write about something that's passionate that you really are into and want to. So we can get those kiddos, our young ones, because I'm the teacher in the box right now, get those kiddos to tell about their story and tell about something they're interested in. Maybe they'll keep writing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And, and if they if, if if a if a kid has any of the <laughs> any of the traits that I had as a child hopefully uh, this will help a lot done as a lot of us adults are hearing these days done is better than perfect don't try to edit yourself just they call it they call it the puke draft or the the vomit draft for a reason you just got to vomit out all those words and get them out and then you can work with the story and make it more perfect but get it done and then then you're a writer then you're actually writing right so exactly
1: awesome so as we're wrapping up because we're in this thing called potapalooza it's been so much fun but we are short on time Make sure you tell our audience how they can get a hold of you in case they want to know more about you and your services and things like that. And was there anything else you wanted to talk about that maybe you didn't quite get to say? Um, there's so
2: much that could always be said more, right? But I think what you guys are doing great, and I love that you think that I'm Gen X. <laughs> I'm the last of the of the of the um, uh, baby boomers. I'm I was born in October. Of 1964, so I'm the last of those, but but I do have a Gen X mentality for sure. Um, uh, so uh, I just put in a link that you could always uh, use if you need to, but uh, it's WowHollywood.com. Okay. I'm going to give you the slash mountain because we talked about that mountain a lot. So yeah. if you go there, that is something where it'll help you figure out how to tell your story okay and why to tell your story as well but also what to do with it and everything so I think that'll be helpful so wowhollywood.com slash mountain okay and uh, and I'd love
1: to hear from anybody if they have any questions or anything so perfect that is so awesome I'm just copying and pasting that information real quick so I don't lose it because even though I yeah. say chat, sometimes they just like disappear and again thank you so much for coming and being here here with us and sharing your wisdom and your nuggets. And hopefully our audience will enjoy this recording as well. So lovely meeting you guys.
0: Thank you so much. You are an inspiration and it, it was just absolutely lovely talking with you today. So thank you very much for being here.
1: Same here. Thank you, you guys. All right, audience attendees and guests, thank you for joining us on Bringing Education Home. Thank you, Tammy. And we hope to talk to everybody later. Bye for now.